Hey everyone, I'm Jose Hernandez and welcome to Behind the Backing Track for Outsider Music. Outside and Music is a media company and record label that connects jazz artists with their passionate fan bases. Please visit us at our website at outsideofmusic.com, where you can see our artists and their recent releases, our podcasts, video interviews, and links to get in touch with us. Behind the Backing Track is a monthly podcast produced alongside Over Here by Big Boss Nick Finzer and Extended Harmony with music journalist Dan Gross. Covering all walks of life within the music industry, this podcast highlights performers, composers, arrangers, copyists, engineers, hell, even stuff I'm not quite sure about myself, in an effort to showcase the diversity of the music business. Hey everyone, uh, I'm here with Jordy Francis, also known as Ethereal Winds. Uh, how are you doing today, Jordy? Yeah, um, I'm very well. Thank you for introducing me there. Um, yeah, just a normal, quiet day. Uh, not very productive or constructive. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty all right. Uh, getting over, you know, getting sick and all this, and then fun little things happening down in Florida, but I guess we'll let the national news cover that and not this. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it, it's looking a little rough, but it's fine. Um, so... Uh, this is something I always like to ask at the very beginning, but what would you consider your job description to be? Oh, that's a good question. My job description. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, for a long time, I sort of felt a little self-conscious about describing myself as a musician when people uh, refer to, you know, what I do for, for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I guess this misconception that it's always, you know, been a hobby of mine or a passion. But no, I would say musician. I'd say, yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got my um, how how did they say it? Hands in a lot of pies. Yeah, deep down, I'm a mus- musician. Always, always have been. Always will be. Yeah, yeah. And so, I guess, considering uh, the whole musician thing, what what are some of your uh, specialties? I guess what what instruments do you play? To, to people who don't know. Okay, so actually, a lot of people. Uh, believe that my main instrument's the harp, but actually I've been playing the piano since I was six years old. Hmm. Um, I started teaching myself the piano really by uh, playing Final Fantasy games on the PlayStation, and I just hear the loops of the video game music over and over again. And I used to just uh, pick up the right hand melodies for, for hours, and then bring in the left hand, and it's really how I started teaching myself piano. And I dabbled in singing for a little while when I was younger, but didn't really take that further until my teens. And then I started um, dabbling with other instruments, uh, recorders, uh, whistles, uh, hand drums and those sort of things, because I wanted to create my own instrumentals. Yeah. And it kind of just went from there. And I picked up the Celtic harp when I was... 17 I think so I've not really been playing it that long but it's sort of become what I've been most known for apart from my voice oh well that's fun so you would say that you're mostly self-taught yeah yeah completely I mean I tried (laughs) piano lessons when I was 13 14 but it wasn't for me yeah self-taught and my theory 
music theory is terrible. I can't really read music. <laughs> and yeah, I'm one of those musicians. But. No, no, I, I definitely think that at least reading music isn't necessarily a requirement for being a good musician. I mean, the only part of the world I feel that uh, reading music being a requirement for being a musician is kind of this Western hemisphere. There's, there's a whole other, you know, side to the planet that just doesn't read music and t learns it by road. So like, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I think in the future, I'll probably um, just delve into it a little more. I was, uh, I've been reading a book by uh, Winifred Phillips recently on video game composing. Mm -hmm. um, the title of that, A Composer's Guide to Game Music, which I've been immersed in. And I really love the way in the book she always links back to the theory for those musicians that do have that theoretical mm -hmm. background and knowledge. And it's kind of made me more aware of actually, you know, I've, although I've never felt comfortable in that area, I don't know, I kind of want to push myself out of the comfort zone and it's not too late to start picking it all up again. And yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. So describe to me, uh, I guess, what your musical journey has been in creating music, at least. I know we met on Newgrounds a very long time ago, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> the, like, Quite well. Yeah. Um, I guess go into a bit of detail on how you started building there and how the community, you know, the reception between those two, and, or just like, yeah, if that makes any sense. Let me, yeah, let me, yeah. <laughs> well, you can rephrase that. If you yeah, like. I guess let me <laughs> rephrase that because that was <laughs> that was just idea after idea coming out. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, tell me about how you started your your journey uh, musically on Newgrounds and how you kind of found your way in the community. Yeah, so obviously I I arrived at Newgrounds quite late. I believe it's been going since like 1999. I, I was mm -hmm. about six then. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't join until 2013. I'd never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I started really, my journey started on YouTube when I was about 13, started with some very, very terrible covers of like Japanese pop songs and, mm. um, Final Fantasy this and that. And it wasn't really until I joined Newgrounds, um, I was messaged and encouraged to take part in the Newgrounds Audio Deathmatch 2013, a competition at the time uh, I'd never heard of, which I didn't know would actually go on to shape a lot of what, how I've developed and grown over the last five years mm -hmm. as a musician. Um, so immediately I was sort of thrust into this exciting community of surprisingly incredible musicians. I thought, wow, I was really impressed with the quality. and immediately comparing my experience on Newgrounds as a growing musician um, compared to YouTube, the courage that people had to speak openly and honestly and give constructive criticism, critiques, that's not really what the YouTube comments are known for at all. Mm. Um, but through that first competition that I entered on Newgrounds, the Newgrounds Audio Deathmatch 2013, mm -hmm. every round I was just you know, the judges' feedback was something I'd never really gotten before. People actually telling me specific parts of what I could do to improve. So I found myself growing in every aspect of my music quite swiftly. And I never, I got third place then as a 
like nobody really knew who I was at all. I just sort of appeared a month later. I'm in this competition with all these wonderful people, and mm -hmm. every year I've entered since has been a growing experience for me in terms of my production, my composing. Um, things that I would never have thought to improve on by myself, really, or directions to take. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it must have been working because I, I won the competition this year. So yeah, finally. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just about to talk about that. So in 2013, man, the judges back then, ah, I'm trying to think, because I remember uh, Boza started being a judge in around 2016, right? I, oh god, this is uh, going back a bit. I remember Bass Fiddle Jones mm -hmm. uh, was the judge, of course, Step. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to remember because every year there's sort of like, I don't even know. I I don't even know. But let me think. I mean, I, I, we could just go and look. But oh yeah. Where's the fun? In, where's the fun <laughs> in that? Um. No, there's always a. I think I think Samuelis was a judge in 2013. Was he not? I think he was a judge in 2014. Oh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's too far back for me to remember. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I guess, like, you know, the people around there, just like Boza, Silver Poyozo. There, there were so many just good things of no. Oh, and Korun. Oh, my God. How could I go oh, forget? Uh. Yeah, I mean... Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Silver Piozzo because I, I was actually looking back through all my uh, Newgrounds messages today, mm -hmm. funnily enough, and I saw some messages to him, and I, I was reminded of these beautiful, like, almost Joe Hisayashi, Hisayashi sorry, yeah. um, sounding compositions that he created on the piano that I remember just, they were so simple. I never really heard many people on Newgrounds doing just piano, mm -hmm. but... They, I remember those uh, compositions really impressed me. I have to go back and listen to his work again. And of course, uh, Bossa, with, I, you know, we, we speak quite regularly still. And Korun as well. Um, he's not too active on Newgrounds anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, we still keep in touch on Facebook. And I was really impressed with, with the recent music that he's been releasing. He's uh, some sort of a genius. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just it. There are so many good musicians on Newgrounds that deserve so much more recognition. Mm -hmm. um, and it feels feels honored to be a part of that community. Um, yeah, just amongst good company. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel like I learned a lot, especially when I was just starting out in the Newgrounds community and kind of being here in, in school now I'm kind of seeing just like the extent of what I learned and I, what not what puts me ahead but what makes it just a bit different you know yeah what are you what are you studying in school uh, I'm studying music composition here I'm the senior now I'm gonna graduate and have a good old time eventually but <laughs> oh amazing amazing I've been really thinking about whether I should go <laughs> I actually graduated in law and business because mm. Uh, it's not really what I wanted to do, and I figured that out the hard way by, well, getting to the end of it. And yeah. I, it always came back to music, and now I'm thinking, well, you know, I've always lacked in that academic education of music hmm. uh, that is quite astounding. 
really. Um, I'm thinking of going back and studying again, so I'm quite envious, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel that. I, I think this is a, an opportunity that, I mean, n not many have compared to just the sheer amount of talent that's out there and, like, the resources available. I definitely feel, you know, privileged to be in a position where I am now. So... Yeah, I yeah. think I think as well it, it does put you ahead. Um, I I always notice you get some sort of musicians in the industry that do come from that self-taught background. Of mm -hmm. course, like amazing composers like Nobuo Uematsu from, mm -hmm. of course, Final Fantasy. He was a completely self-taught composer yeah. that went above and beyond. Um, and then there are other composers that do come from that academic background. I think there's the you know rather than choosing one way or the other. Um, I don't see it as, I, I see any opportunity to learn and to grow uh, just amazing. I think that, yeah, I think every opportunity that we have as musicians as, as an, and as artists mm -hmm. to develop our skills across a whole scope of things uh, is a benefit. Yeah, I don't see one or the other being they they all have their strengths and they all have their weaknesses so why not learn as much as you can and take all the opportunities that you can yeah for sure and so um going off of uh your 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 time still at new like with within the newgrounds community um how did that uh set you up in terms of other opportunities uh, with other people, and eventually, you know, landing these, uh, I guess, uh, composing gigs that you were telling me about earlier. Yeah. Um, so really, what Newgrounds did for me was bridge the gap between music as a hobby and a passion, and actually, even instilling the idea in that it could be something to be taken seriously, something that. I could actually use on a commercial level, which is obviously something I'd never thought about before. I never thought that I had the that you know that quality, that production quality that was really needed. But since then, as I've been growing, obviously I've met a lot of wonderful people, mm -hmm. um, who you know Samuelis, Sam Gosner yeah. at Versilian Studios, who <laughs> obviously I would never have met if I wasn't on Newgrounds, and mm. that led some really interesting opportunities. Um, obviously the first Ethereal Winds harp was recorded very quick. It was with my first harp, my 22 string harp. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just a just an idea one day and I just recorded a few samples, not, not very in depth really. Um, and they put something together for freeware and a lot of people were used, like getting a lot of use out of it. And it was, I don't know, just to see how far that could go. Um, I don't know, you know, we got talking again and mm -hmm. thought, okay, you know, let's put some proper energy into this. Um, and he sent over some microphones from America. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I sat, I, I had my new harp at this point, my 34 string harp. Yeah. And yeah, just recording so many different variations, so many different samples, round robins. Um, and of course, then we decided why not add my voice in as sort of a, a little bonus as well. So 
<clears throat> yeah, it sort of matched nicely. I, I don't actually know any uh, harp libraries that also have vocals in the same pack. So, <laughs> but, I mean, there might be, but yeah, I haven't seen any. So that was interesting. No, yeah. Um, I remember uh, writing the demo to uh, the first uh, harp, and that was a fun time. And so, you know, the, the harp being a popular thing, how, how did it provide you different opportunities or like uh, maybe a conversation starter to like get your name out there? Yeah, obviously I'm at this crossroads in my life where I'm, you know, do I, do I really want to commit to music? Do I feel like I have what it takes to commit to it full time mm -hmm. and take it further on a commercial level? And, you know, taking part in this sample library project not not many people as artists get to have that opportunity it's it's quite amazing the thing that really attract appeal to me is that you know if god forbid something happened to me and i don't know you know we could drop drop dead any day of the week whatever mm -hmm. but my voice my harp those things live on you know com composers can work with my voice my, i'll still be creating music from beyond the grave. I don't know, I found that a really interesting concept for hmm. me. Um, but thankfully I had a pretty unique opportunity that did get some attention. And the important thing I think was that the product was of good quality, um, which it was, which is all Vasilian Studios um, credit, of course. Yeah. And yeah, moving forward, I guess it's given me some ex exposure, I suppose, to mm. people that uh, want to contact me and say, look, you know, the Ethereum Winds harp was really nice. Uh, would you want to record some real harp for my project? Um, because I think a lot of composers these days, there's a real move towards authenticity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if people can get the real thing, if they've got the budget to, then I think they will. So. I guess it's, it's given me that opportunity, which is, has provided a lot of food for thought for me. And it's sort of my motivation to feel like, okay, yeah, I can actually, I can actually move forward and, um, you know, hopefully one day be able to live comfortably, pay the bills. Yeah. And, you know, it's any musician's dream really, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, where do you want to, be in you know a decade what what is what is the end goal for you hmm the end goal where do i want to be yeah i think at this point you know what with me being stuck at this crossroads i i don't know where i want to be there are lots of different paths that i could take um all i know at this point is that i do want to take one of those paths that is relating to music absolutely um but it's about knowing which is the right path for me up until now really i've always focused on my work from the perspective of, of an artist mm -hmm. you know um i released my first album which you know it was a very personal project for mm -hmm. me and i guess the freedom of not having to work for anybody else in that sense, I can create what I want to create, how I want to create it, is there's a lot of freedom in that. Um, it's very liberating. Um, 
but also that's you know as musicians we have to sell ourselves we, we we're a sort of package really um it's no longer just feasible to create music and that's it you know we have mm -hmm. to market ourselves we have to be full package businessmen business women so you know i'm thinking okay i i can sing do i market myself in as a, in, you know in that avenue as a professional vocalist or a harpist you know that's quite not many people have harps and can play the harp and have the equipment to record harp um, and it's a very popular instrument do i go down that route or do i do what i've wanted to do for many years which is composing for video games mm -hmm. and also you know film television the i think composing for video games and composing for film and television they're two completely different things although a lot of people you know it's, it sounds similar and yeah, yeah. um 10 years time where would i want to be i i don't know where i'm gonna be but i think whatever path i decide to take hopefully will be the right one for me at the time that i make it as long as i as long as i get to keep making music and keep developing um i've been really focusing on video game composing you know learning about it uh, mm -hmm. reading about it and putting it into practice i you know, I participated in a few game jams and I'm working on some video game projects and the intricacies of creating loops and interactive music composing is a lot that I didn't really know about before I'd done a bit of research into it, but I feel like that's that's really where I'm heading at the moment. Um, less so as an artist myself, I think I'll still like to uh, arranged my own covers of video game music. I think I'll be doing that for years and years down the line just because I love to appreciate the wonderful compositions that are, you know, uh, laid down in history, mm -hmm. you know, from like Zelda, Final Fantasy, all those wonderful games and all the new games that are coming out as well with increasingly impressive and beautiful soundtracks. And hopefully I can be a part of that experience in many different ways down the line yeah i i think that was a really eloquent answer <laughs> well thank you <laughs> yeah um so let's let's talk about let's see oh yeah cool so as an artist i understand that you know life experience is usually a primary motivation to you know write and to flesh ideas out flesh you know thoughts out and you know kind of expose yourself make yourself vulnerable to the given public how do you integrate the things that have happened in your life into your own compositions? That, that's a good question. Um, and one that is very poignant for my experience as a musician, as a, as a human really recently, mm -hmm. especially, you know, uh, the past three years or so haven't been so good to me. You know, mm. three years ago, my grandma passed away. Uh, two years ago, my mum passed away. You know, last year my yeah. granddad passed away, so it's been a lot, a lot of grief on grief. Yeah. I suppose. and those are all terrible losses. So I apologize for even bringing this up. No, no, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are scared to face. Death is as real as life. You can't have one without the other, and it's it's I guess experiencing that and learning that myself the hard way that has shaped my music the most. I mean. Mm -hmm. 
I, I like to think of it as turning, uh, I don't know how to put it really, turning wheat and turning straw into gold, taking what is something that really affected me and taking taking some beauty out of that. You know, my biggest driver for my album, for example, it's all inspired by the loss of my mum. Um, from start to finish, uh, the album's called The Brightest Star, and that title comes from the words engraved on a ring that I wear every day with her ashes uh, crystallised into the ring, which I thought was a fitting title. Mm. And every single song on that album, you know, it sort of mapped my journey through grief and trying to dig myself out of that hole that I found myself in, you know, just after I, I lost her. Yeah. And over two and a half years or so, uh, the journey of trying to rediscover myself, to find that strength to carry on, move forward, I, I felt very much on my own. I had the support of some amazing friends and, of course, my dad, whose birthday it is today, and just reminds me that his enduring support of course couldn't get me through but losing somebody it does make you feel quite alone mm -hmm. and I did find myself not able to focus on I, I wasn't able to create music for a long time mm -hmm. I it was too hard to face emotionally but also living without being able to make music having that emotional outlet that was also an equal struggle mm -hmm. so I sort of found a way to face what had happened you know nothing was going to change that was the reality mm -hmm. I had to have that musical emotional outlet back and it gave me the strength I, I sort of it, it was very renewing I feel like a much stronger person I feel like I can express and face what's happened through a creative medium that I love and other people can feel it too. They can share, they can feel the emotions, they can share in that story with me. There's no use running from it, so embrace it and use it for good. That's the lesson that I've learned really over the last few years and it's, it's yeah, given me a lot of strength and gotten me to a place I probably would never actually have been in right now. Um, to move forward yeah 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 i mean thank you for that i you know didn't wasn't really i guess ready for all of that and i thank you for being just so strong speaking through all that yeah i think i think as i said a lot of people it, it's hard to hear but if you think about it all art comes from that place of raw emotion whether you know, when we're at our saddest, when we're, our hearts are broken, mm -hmm. sometimes that's when we create stuff that we could never have created if we're just going for our day-to-day -day life and everything's fine. You know, what artists do, do you know <laughs> that have created some really hard-hitting music that just everything in their life is just absolutely normal and fine? It all comes from a place of adversity, I suppose. Um, in our great, it's positive as well in our greatest successes and those bursts of happiness those bursts of joy mm -hmm. uh, similarly that's when we create amazing music but without those fluctuations in our human experience on this planet 
I I think that unlocks unlocks areas of our mind, I suppose, when we're mm. going through this creative process that can only be unlocked through these circumstances. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess there's the whole other obstacle of leaving yourself vulnerable enough to have other people listen as well. Yeah, I think as a listener of music myself, you know, um, when the artist puts all their emotions into the into the, the music that they're making or any work that they might be doing, whether it be music or other forms of art, as a listener, it, that's how it reaches you. You can hear the authenticity behind or you can see the authenticity behind their work and it's like an invitation into their world into those those parts of themselves that we do as humans it's easier to block that off it's um it's easier to do that but we can connect on the highest level when we're let into that world and we're, we're not running from it. We're not hiding from it. We're sharing it and we're being invited to share that. Um, and I think as humans, you know, those hard emotions, the, the, those hard experiences to face, it's in the long run, I find easier to share in those feelings and share in those experiences than it is to just pretend that they don't exist that way, you know, everyone can feel okay there are others out there that understand what i'm going through and mm -hmm. they're not afraid to face it they're not afraid to talk about it they're not afraid to use those things it's almost in a way like a silver lining of a bad situation um of obviously you know the my mum's passing for example mm -hmm. is the hardest thing by far that's ever happened to me um on my 25 years of living but at the same time I, I can take from that more than I can take from anything else. And, you know, most of us have experienced grief, or we certainly will experience grief or the loss of a loved one. So in a way, by using my experience and really putting that into my music, it can be a sort of a comfort to others that have felt that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly... Uh, not, not to, uh, I guess, what, what's the word for it? Um, I experienced, you know, a, a level of grief last year. Uh, it's coming on two weeks from now. It'll be a year f from last year, but, um, uh, my professor, uh, Dr. Uh, Ladia Kubik, uh, had passed away, um, the same weekend of my dad's birthday. And it was, it was something I wasn't necessarily ready for, you know? Um, it just happened, and it was mostly... What's the word for it? It was it was just sudden, at least, uh, for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had taken a few trips to the hospital here and there, but he, you know, seemed healthy. I had a lesson with him, you know, the Tuesday before, and just... I don't know, it just... It happened, and I, the the one thing I do know is that I never really stopped writing for that point in time because I knew that it would make him proud that I would be able to get through it with mm. without him, you know. So I I 
100% understand where all of this is coming from. I mean, to a lesser extent, I mean, your mom is, you know, your mother. You only have one of those. And <clears throat> I don't know. It just, yeah. So. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, yeah, of course, I'm sorry for your loss mm -hmm. as well. And I, I don't know about you, but when you go through that, as a creator, you still feel like, or at least I still feel like I'm being guided, um, even if, you know, they're no longer here physically mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to guide you. I felt that, at least with my music, you know, it was very much being driven by all these feelings. And I, I, I don't know, I think there is something good in that. There is something good to take away from that and to set you up I, I feel like I'm set up for life I've got that guide for life that's always underpinning everything that I do and everything that I feel and it's a source of a great source of strength mm -hmm. and of course loss is it's I would say that death is probably the hardest thing for a lot of people to cope with the death of a loved one or somebody that means a lot to you it's probably the hardest experience we as humans on this planet will experience but you know it's inevitable and to be able to find the strength to tap into that um i don't know i find that a great comfort as a as a human not yeah. only as a musician i find it a great comfort and that's yeah that's something i really respect in other artists that can do that it, ta it takes a lot. It takes a lot of strength. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But <laughs> positive or negative, um, yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people find it hard to talk about, find it hard to think about. But I think when we start just, you know, having conversations about it um, and involving it in our processes mm -hmm. in a positive way, it can be a source of inspiration, a source of strength that you can't learn, you can't buy, nobody can teach you that's yours that's unique to you mm -hmm. and in a in a commercial world a musical world so saturated with people creating music that makes you the artist that you are above all else you know you could have all the academic training in the world um but that's the that your experience is unique to you and when you know you think about okay this composer and you're a composer and another composer they're all vying for a certain project I think by embracing what makes you uniquely you, your experience, um, it you don't need to prove how different you are to the next composer to stand out because you know, you, you know all the experiences that go into your music. You, you don't have to try to be anything else, really. Yeah. 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 Getting a bit emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess on... A lighter note, I don't know if, if you are at the uh, available time to speak uh, about your projects. I don't know if you've signed anything or maybe not. Yeah, um, I <laughs> unfortunately, the main projects that I'm working on mm -hmm. at the moment, they are in a um, development process and I am under non-disclosure agreement, which is often the way. Uh -huh. uh, what I will say is that I think the hardest part about and at least this was for me as well the hardest part about making that first step into 
commercial world is always finding those first projects, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I was doing a few game jams, of course, for free. You know, you don't do game jams for money, but the experience that those bring, mm -hmm. that you know, they're invaluable in themselves. Um, I listened to a a podcast that you had with Sam a few podcasts back, and you did mention about you know the experience of game jams in the sense of uh, finding working with a lot of different people with mm -hmm. different different places uh different types of audio needs and that you just really can't get without um doing those things but the first the big the big worry for me of course was finding those first proper paid projects the hardest part is getting your foot in the door in that sense but once you start getting a few projects under your belt and getting a bit of experience mm -hmm. hopefully um it's all up from there i did um have a really exciting project at the early start of this year mm -hmm. um i obviously can talk about because it's happened um <laughs> i work with uh tomoki miyoshi who is the composer for i am setsuna and oh that's Lost awesome Sphere and uh other such things um that was not as a composer, but as a vocalist, which mm -hmm. is, I oh, I love to sing. It's <laughs> probably my biggest passion, even more than composing or playing instruments. Singing is like, you know, that's my thing. And um, I worked on a remix album of from the Lost Sphere soundtrack uh, that was released by Square Enix, which as, you know, Final Fantasy series has been my favorite game that's shaped me musically. Uh, since I was very, very young. So to be able to say that I worked on a project that was, you know, released by Square Enix is, that's definitely a tick off the bucket list. I'll, I'll say that, yeah. Yeah, so for sure. Exciting. I, mean, I I will definitely go listen to that now. I was not aware of this. This is That's awesome. My big question is when, when whenever you uh, get started on something, right, whenever, uh, mm -hmm. you know, someone comes up to you with, Hey, here, here are these like you know concepts, and here are all these other things. What, what is, what is the first thing that goes through your mind in terms of like workflow? What, what comes first? Is it the, the chords, the harmony, the form? Before I even think about music, um, you know, for example, a video game project. Mm -hmm. Let's take that. Yeah. Um, and people send over their concept art, the GDD, whatever. Um, the first thing that I do, I get as much inspiration as I can from what they already have and their ideas. And I do some research, uh, if it's, you know, a fantasy game, for example, there's usually always historic elements that come from a place of truth, you know, reality outside the fantasy realm. Because I, I find that my mind can get a little carried away if I start thinking about the music, but then I realize actually, you know, it's not really, um, authentic to where the video game is coming from the development and the ideas and the concept mm -hmm. uh, so i really try to get a uh, basically everything that i can all the knowledge of the project i can get i will i will get and i'll just immerse myself into it before i think of melodies chords um the first thing for me that usually comes is the melody um i will usually go into fl studio or or i'll grab my harp and um you know armed with the knowledge of the project already and where it's coming from i sort of have an idea of okay um is there a particular theme you know is it inspired by mayan culture or something uh 
usually I'll have a mel uh, main melody, a solo melody that I'll start working on, and I'll have in mind the instrument the melody should uh, be featured mm -hmm. with. Um, for example, a project that I recently worked on in a game jam, at least, uh, what was um, inspired by Mayan culture and, you know, the. I, I did some research into actually what instruments did the Mayans use, and um, of course, in Mayan culture, there were no stringed instruments. So that totally straight away, I knew, okay, well, I'm not going to start composing things with strings, am I? Um, <laughs> centered around flutes and drums and beautiful voices and even trumpets. I didn't know that uh, the Mayan culture featured trumpets a lot, but apparently so. Um, and yeah, I, I just sort of start from there and it, it it unfolds kind of naturally. I don't feel myself having to push too hard for melodic ideas. They sort of just come to me out of nowhere. Um, it's really, the, the difficult part for me in the process is shaping how the final thing is going to sound um, in terms of like w what instrumental elements fit or not. And, you know, so, so lots of things that you can put together might sound nice, but whether they fit with the particular project at hand or whether mm -hmm. they fit with a particular part of the project, the level of the game, for example, that you're working on. Mm -hmm. um, I think coming from an, you know, coming from an artist's route, I, I do find myself a lot of the time when I'm working on compositions for other people, it can be hard to peel back the ideas that you've had, that usually as an artist working for yourself, you can you can create whatever you want, as long as it sounds right to you. Mm -hmm. But then you've got to take into consideration the aspects and the needs of the game developers and the game itself, and in comparison to all the other things going on in the game. Um, yeah, so I think that's where the process in my mind differs when I'm writing for myself as an artist and when I'm writing for other projects. And hmm. that's something I actively have to work on. Um, but uh, hey, you get better with time, right? And practice. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, hmm. Is there anything you would like to talk about? <laughs> I, I I know I know that seems like kind of a cop out, but I'm I'm kind of thinking like you know not like I, I've, I've thrown a few fastballs at you and I don't know and some people like you know I ask that question and then, or and you know they genuinely go off and just talk about insight and things like that that they want to share. So yeah, um, sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> if anything, uh, there's too much that I'd want to talk about. <laughs> um, I just feel very inspired at the moment, uh, which is, I guess, a good thing. Um, I think something that, yeah, I, I'm sort of struggling with on on my on the start of my journey is, as I mentioned before, like uh, the first few projects, getting that foot in the door, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, knowing the what what you should be doing. That it's difficult because there there isn't really there isn't an answer. Um, a lot of the composers that I've spoken to have, you know, risen to their sort of acclaim or success through very unique and particular opportunities mm -hmm. to them. I, I see when I'm researching a lot of do's and don'ts and you should do this, you should do that, um, you should be this, have these skills, um, be promoting yourself here and there. 
but I don't know. It's always talking about how to stand out amongst the crowds, the competition by following certain do's and don'ts. And to me, that's sort of doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, it's because, a little counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of approaching it like, it, you know, like a, I guess it, it is almost in a way like approaching it like a job opportunity. But even in, uh, I don't know, more mainstream jobs, like an office job, for example, mm-hmm. um, I found, you know, you could, you, you know, you could have the degree, you could have the formal education, um, you could have all these things under your belt um the things that if i you know if i were to be an employer looking for an employee a re- i don't know the more unique the resume i suppose the better um i don't think it really pays to be focusing on these do's and don'ts but more introspectively like what as an artist do you want to do what what do you want to achieve what do you want to create not compared to what other people are doing on the market or just what brings you happiness um i think it can be a stressful and worrying thing to try and stand out from the crowd especially if you know this is something that you want to do for a long time if this is what you want to do to pay the bills sometimes you do have to make certain sacrifices Mm -hmm. but I think, like, to my benefit, at least, um, the project that I did do of the sample library um, with Facilian Studios and the vocal project with Square Enix that I spoke about as well, these things are unique to me in the sense that, I well, not many people have done those things, and it's branching out in different areas. And those types of projects came to me through... Well, I guess, you know, just for Sam, Sam at Vasilian Studios was a friend of mine who just happened to be working. Uh, things aligned um, without being forced. And the same with Tomoki, you know, um, we were speaking for a little while and it just so happens that something that he wanted to do aligned with something that I could do. And it came about very, very naturally, um, I think with this pressure to stand out in this day and age, a lot of people try and force certain opportunities a lot, which a lot of people don't have the choice, you know, they're trying to make their way. They're trying to get that foot in the door and it's so difficult. Yeah, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. And I guess the trick for me is that I found is just to keep networking naturally you know mm-hmm. form friendships appreciate the musicians around you appreciate people doing other things as well uh, unexpected things i i mean i had an offer that didn't end up happening but to mm-hmm. create so, so my friend was working at a theme park as a theme park designer and they're creating a new ride and of course they needed new original music for this theme park ride which you know just little opportunities like this that you never think would actually you wouldn't consider them, but I'd say a lot of our friends out there are probably doing some very interesting things in so many different fields mm-hmm. that could always a, a, a collaboration conform in that you you wouldn't even think you wouldn't even think think about it. It's not one of those um, run of the mill jobs, I guess. And I think when we're always focusing on 
the do's and don'ts of the industry on how to be a success, it can sort of limit our minds because we're focusing, right, well, you know, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm trying to achieve. And we don't see these things around us, these opportunities around us with our friends that we maybe talk to every day. Actually, you know, I could we could do some interesting work together. And that interesting work shapes your story and that leads on to your own success, your own career down the road, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, my little rant. <laughs> hey, uh, that it works, and I I enjoyed it. So I'm sure <laughs> anyone who will listen to this will enjoy it. Um, so you know, thank you for uh, taking an hour of your time uh, for this. Well, not at all. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to chat, and especially about music. I could talk for all day. You know, if anyone's <laughs> willing to listen to a 24-hour podcast of my nonsensical rants of music then sure why not well yeah my my name's obviously geordie francis and i you can find me online if you want to um i really just you know anyone that's listened this far thanks for listening and of course very grateful for the support of people like you you know this is my first podcast this is a unique opportunity you know things that i wouldn't think about doing um mm -hmm. that i'm very grateful for and i you know i'm learning a lot through this experience as well i just want to embrace all those uh, positive experiences and yeah if you want to do any more podcasts let me know it's actually uh, quite therapeutic <laughs> and i probably talk far too much um, oh no not at all not at all <laughs>